110 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan on the football field. We don't want to coach average. We do want to win because winning is the epitome of team effort. Every coach who ever put a whistle around their neck strives to be the head coach at The Ohio State University. Welcome back, everybody, to Buckeye Bar. Guys, here on Buckeye Bar Talk, I'm Mike. And I'm John. Tonight's date is Monday's September 5th, 2022. Uh, Labor Day, two days after the Buckeyes' big win over Notre Dame. So the Buckeyes are 1-0. and um, So we're pretty excited uh, to talk tonight about uh, how good the Buckeyes uh, looked on defensively. Um, we definitely loved uh, how the line, is, how the offensive line especially played in the second half. Um, a little things with the passing games we'll go over. The offense was a little bit more sluggish than we expected, but uh We'll start with the uh, the defense. I mean, what mu- there's not much more you can say, John. I mean, they went, they gave up ten points in the first half. Uh, I mean, kind of a couple flukes in there. I mean, it seemed like the the Irish was given every uh, lucky rainbow, gold, whatever you want to say <laughs> about whatever that they could get in that first half. I mean, a couple literally uh, balls dropped right into their laps. Um, big missed tackle that went. Uh, you know, into a, a really big play on that opening series with a bad penalty behind it. And uh, so they got their 10 points in the first half, but they went then 41 minutes where they didn't score a point. And the Buckeyes eventually uh, grabbed the momentum in the second half and 21, uh, 10 was the final score. So we'll start defensively. Uh, how did you, I mean, I know how I feel. I'll talk about that here in a second. Uh, just uh, your your impressions of Jim Knowles' uh, debut as defensive coordinator? Well, I—I I mean, I, I was really pleased, really excited with how everything went. Um, I mean, had just so many bright spots on the defense. Defense didn't look lost. I think that was the most important thing to take from this: is that guys were stunting. You know, they were going to different gaps, and it was never like two guys were in the same gap, you know, like everyone knew what their assignment was. Um, defensive line created a lot of confusion, which just let the, the safeties and linebackers come down, spilled things to the outside. Like they wanted to guys were making, you know, they were tackling hips. They were running through tackles and yeah, they were taking guys down. So, I mean, I was, I was very happy with it. I mean, I don't think, I put on Twitter, I I I think Notre Dame might have been a little overrated, not defensively, offensively. I don't think their offense is very good. Um, at least I don't know. Maybe it's just they're they're a new offense. So there's a lot of pieces there that they gotta learn how to work with each other. I don't think they're very yeah. dynamic, you know, not a not a very tough offense. So I mean, you you take that for what it is, but you didn't give up much. Like you said, I mean, they got every lucky break they could. I mean if we want to talk about the defense's performance, you got the circus catch over Burke. Um, you had the freaking, I don't even think it was a catch over Burke in the third quarter. I think it was right. Yeah. Um, you had Michael Mayer somehow, you know, the ball was thrown high with cam Brown on him. It was just a point that he's bigger than cam Brown. He was the one that was able to get up high point it Tanner McAllister still put his head on the ball though. And, you know, almost knocked it loose. He did yeah. knock it. He that, actually, he did knock that, it loose. 
Yeah, eventually it came loose. It was like he still was able to take a few steps and then it fell out, uh, but it bounced right back up to him. So, I mean, yeah, right. So, I mean, he did knock it loose. Um, I'm trying to think what else. I mean, they had one good run play with Buckner, I think. I can't. I think so. Um, Yeah. And then they they had that one that was like the um, the fake pitch that the tight end came up the seam. And that was a big game. And I, I was surprised yeah. they didn't try that later on in the game again, because that actually fooled Ohio State. That worked well. Maybe it just wasn't yeah. there. I don't know for them another time. But that was really the only play I can think of where they fooled Ohio State. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, you look what you saw last year compared to this year. You were stopping the run. Yeah. And you look like you knew what you were doing. I mean, if that exact was played last year, I mean, Notre Dame has a very good offensive line. They got good running backs, you know, and they got two good tight ends. So if that exact game was played last year and the offense looked like was really having a hard time getting over, I mean, I, I know a lot of people said on Twitter, it's like, well, that we would have definitely lost that game last year. I'm not going to say definitely, I don't, but I would have, I would have been like 60, 40 Notre Dame might've beat them. And you know, that's, that they were that sluggish in parts. I mean, there was very few parts in that game. Even after that first half, I'm just like, eventually Ohio state's going to be able to score. Right. And they're going to, I just don't see how Notre Dame is going to keep up with, you know, points. I mean, and honestly, you know, if Ohio state wanted to, they would have scored another touchdown probably in the fourth quarter. I mean, at that point, Notre Dame was so, uh, like, I mean, they Ohio were, State ran the last couple minutes out. I mean, they would have, yeah, they were, they would, if they would have been going for their hearts, they would have, they would have scored on them. Um, I will, the one thing on, you know, the defense that I really like, you remember what, what's his face? The, the linebacker coach, I was urban's guy. Why can't I think of his name right now? Billy Davis. Is that a Billy Davis? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that year in 17, when him, as the linebacker coach and Shiano just kept on putting those linebackers at the line of scrimmage. And then they could never get back into place. There was so many times in the game this past Saturday where, you know, you have Sawyer standing up as the Jack and they basically have both linebackers right up the line of scrimmage too. And they all pretty much just right behind linemen, just filling behind them. And then you have no idea who's dropping and who's not dropping. And they did that a lot. And none of those linebackers were out of place on the no. ones that dropped. And so like, it, it was just like, it was like how, what they were trying to run a couple of years ago, but somebody who actually could run it. And like, uh, they really were tricking Notre Dame to the point at a lot of different spots in the game. And when you say about flukes, you know, in the first series of the game, and I know the penalty is still there, but that's only a 10 yard catch. <clears throat> if, uh, you know, eight, 10 yard catch, uh, if Proctor comes up, <sighs> And uh, makes that tackle and wraps up, you know, okay. So you give up a 15 yard penalty, but I don't know if the, what Notre Dame does after that, like, you know, that doesn't yeah. even get it to the 50 and, you know, and the other one on the, actually their long drive that, you know, it's third down one. What's his face. All that ends up right into his lap. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's crazy to think of. I mean, there was a, a legitimate opportunity if, Proctor makes that tackle and that one guy doesn't make that crazy catch. You know, they don't score. <laughs> like, right. And, and it was right. It's, and it was honestly just, just as easy as what you said. Um, the one thing I took away from it, just kind of a piggyback of what you said earlier about how there are so many people like last year, we lose that game. 
I don't necessarily believe that's true. I'm kind of like you on that one that I don't think we necessarily lose the game. Um, but I, I think about the two games that were really close, like last year that we did win. So Penn state and Nebraska, where we're like, wow, the defense actually kind of held on and won those games, but it was never, it was like, oh my gosh, can we hold on? Like our defense can lose this game at any moment. Like, no, barely. You know, I think Nebraska was a little bit easier because their offense wasn't as good. I th- I think I remember this correctly. Um, but it was like you're kind of hanging on by a thread. You know, like they're getting not first downs here and there, and they're just not finishing the deal. And this time it was like our offense is eventually going to catch up. Like these guys aren't moving the ball on our defense. We're gonna be okay. Yeah, and it was, and I never got worried in this game. I wasn't like, oh my god, we're gonna lose to Notre Dame. Like it was like it's gonna be fine. Like we're gonna figure this out. Um, you know, we'll talk about the offense here in a little bit. They'll get it together though eventually. But these guys aren't doing anything. So unless they just keep having lucky bounces all night, which most likely you're not going to get, we're going to be fine. Yeah, and uh, you know the one thing that you know Knowles has always prided himself on is you know he. Good third down defense. And I liked our third down defense for most of the game. I mean, they didn't, we didn't give them a lot on, you know, third down Mm -hmm. and we got off. I mean, I mean, I know it's not that we got more three and outs than we did last year, but it kind of felt like that at times for one game. I mean, we were, we were a bad third down defense uh, last year and you know, that was a really, you know, they were really, they were up to task for that. Um, and the other thing I, I liked is that, you know, I just thought that I loved all the different stunning and stuff that they did, um, that they were because, you know, LJ, that was always what he's prided himself on. And it, it kind of seemed like they may be not necessarily that they got away from it, but maybe that some of the guys on the team aren't picking up the different types of moves that LJ used to teach and mm-hmm. is really over the last couple of years. And it just seemed like a lot of that was back and they were putting so much pressure. I mean, Michael Hall to begin with, but JDT had a bunch of pressures. Uh, Zach Sawyer was, or uh, Sawyer was all through there. Even Harrison at different times, Teron Vincent looked very, very good. I mean, it was like they were all making moves at different points and they were just seemed like they were all picking up all the finer details. And I think, so I think you mix that, that that's really what LJ likes to teach. And then when you're mixing in with this different stunts, like I was, I texted you when I would rewatch the game yesterday, that, that last saw sack or that sack Mike Hall had at the end of the game, you know, in the fourth quarter, I mean, he's, literally Jack is like right behind him and the left tackle has no idea which way the left tackle engages hall and that, but he's trying to keep an eye on Jack and like Jack does a little head move. Like he's going outside of the right tackle and goes right back in and it completely fools the, yeah. uh, the tackle out because the tackle went and when he went, cause the guard took Sawyer, you know, that hall was just completely open. And so, you know, it, it's a great move by hall, but at the same time, it's a great move by Sawyer. And it's like, you know, there's different things that it seems like that they could do stuff like that, that we've never, we haven't really seen in a couple of years. And uh, so I'm really, was impressed with that. Um, I was really impressed, like I said, on third down, but I was pressed how, you know, the one thing we know about 
Knowles is he likes to keep things very tight on third down. He likes to keep his safeties at the third down line or at the first down marker. And they did that. I mean, that one play that uh, Hickman comes up and takes out mayor. I mean, mm-hmm. the, I mean, that's an easy first down for a tight end. He just gets, has to get his body turned and fall forward. And Hickman just reads it so perfectly. He hits him before he can turn his body. And that's how you have to take on a tight end especially a good tight end that, you know, you can't let them turn or they're going to get the first down. Right. And, you know, so he couldn't turn there and, you know, Hick or not Hickman. It was ransom at that one. Um, They all made plays though. They all made plays. It was just very, very impressive. And, you know, and I didn't see guys running free. And there was somebody, you know, outside the, the, that receiver, that the pit proctor, and it really wasn't running free because proctor should have got him. Yeah. You know, he, that that was the only run free that they had the whole game. I mean, the, anything else, there was somebody there to at least take them down and, you know, pretty much right after they caught it and they were just, they were swarming to the ball beautifully. I loved how Steele and uh, Eichenberg both looked. I mean, they were, they looked like old school Ohio state linebackers. Not much pe- got past either one of them to the outside. There was mm-hmm. a couple times where Buckner tried to get the, and one of them was right there for only like a one yard or two yard game yeah. and to take him out. So that, I mean, just, impressed all the way around by the defense yeah i know i mean i think there was a star on each level um defensive line i mean i i I felt like there was like you said like sawyer you know he had a good day uh that that sack you were referencing i mean sawyer is right behind michael hall but jtt is only like two steps behind them also like all three of them you know had a chance to make a play um i'm trying to think you know who else Oh, and then on, you know, the go up uh, to the next level, both Eichenberg and Steele played really well. Um, I mean, well, the the touchdown drive was a little upsetting just because it was kind of like you had them not, I mean, not necessarily like pin pinned, but I think they were what, like the 15, 13 yard line starting that off. And you marched, yeah. you marched out with like your third team front seven, which I don't, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I know they like to have a rotation, so that is what it is, whatever. Um, and then on the, you know, the the safeties and the secondary level of the defense, Lathan Ransom. I mean, he played an excellent game. And th- these are my notes. The <laughs> my my notes. I was a little um, when I was rewatching it. I was, you know, I had a late night when I was rewatching it, so my notes were Mike Hall. Um, Badass, you know, BA will will shorten that <laughs> moving forward. Tackle, sacks, penetration, Tommy Eichenberg, all capitals, BA. Um, and then Lathan Ransom was holy S. That <laughs> so I was uh in my rewatch, I was very impressed with all of them, but they were all over the field, all of them. And Eichenberg, I don't I don't want to hear another comparison that that guy is a uh, tough Borland. I think you um no disrespect to tough whatsoever, but I think maybe, you know, it might be time to start maybe James Laurinaitis comparisons if you want to go that route of uh yeah. you know, white linebackers that played for Ohio State. I'm not I'm not will, ready to give uh him Katzmoyer status yet, but <laughs> now he was definitely uh he was all over the field. I was pretty impressed. I definitely really impressed with him and you know, the linebackers they weren't a liability. And when you play a bunch of tight ends, like Notre Dame has, you know, a liability linebackers can be very scary, mm-hmm. you know, even though, I mean, we both agree that they didn't necessarily have the, 
if the offense was playing at its offensive game, you, they didn't have the outside players to play with Ohio state. Right. But when you have a ga game like that, you know, line, tight ends are very hard to play with because it is a tight game throughout that, you know, if your linebackers are a liability, that could have been a scary game, but, oh. you know, and it didn't, didn't end up being because they were both just so impressive throughout the game. I mean, they were just making tackle after tackle. I mean, how many times did, you know, I, a couple times I just remember, you know, I mean, Eichenberg made so many plays that you kind of forget how impressive Steele was. Yeah. Steele made, especially in the first half. I didn't see him as much in the second half, it seemed like, but I, I'm sure he was there. I mean, it was kind of in the second half. That's when the defensive line really started taking over. Yeah, it's that they, uh, but the, he was, I mean, a couple of times he was there to meet Buckner and meet the, the running back in the hole and stuff like that. And they were just, they were flowing to the ball just so perfectly. And, uh, there, I mean, you definitely saw it. There was a lot in the defense that it was simple, but it was multiple. And that's what he always said that, you know, yeah. there's just so many different things you can do out of it, but it's not a hard defense. And they were really, really going to the ball. I mean, there was a couple times, like there was that one counter uh, QB run that the tight ends were lead blocking that, that got them a little crossed up a little bit. Um, but that was only one play and there was a couple other ones and there, they got crossed up, but not like anywhere near what they were over the last couple of years at different times that they were getting crossed up that they, I mean, they were, they saw where the ball was at and the linebackers came up hard and the safeties went right to the linebacker spots. And that's kind of how he wants it to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I was just, I'm, I felt good all around. Like you said though, I mean, it was just, you know, all the multiple looks, man, that just, it, it confused the offense. You could tell, and I'm telling you, like the strength program, you could tell it was definitely in full effect. And Mike Hall, Michael Hall, I don't know which, if he prefers Mike or Michael, I think Michael, he is a beast, man. That, that dude is just an ox. And, you know, when you can, can confuse those linemen, he is just too damn strong if they're looking somewhere else and not, 100% focus for him to punch them in the chest because yeah. he was just getting off of everything. I mean, it seemed like what everyone said about how fast he is, you know, that quick first step definitely seemed like he had that, but also to go on top of that, I mean, he just seemed like he was just stronger than their entire interior. Like anyone he was up against, he just disengaged them immediately. Yeah. All right, anything uh, we're going to go, we'll do players of the game for the defense. Uh, anything, but before we do that, anything else you want to talk about defense? I mean, I mean, there's this like, I mean, actually let's hit Proctor before we talk. Cause I know you kind of wanted to touch on that one. Uh, if there's any issues going forward, we think with him or not, uh, you know, he missed that tackle and, you know, he was still on special teams for most of the night but he Knowles took him out of the game and that was kind of like, uh, you know, and I'm okay with that. That's like accountability. Now it's Proctor's turn to, uh, you know, to respond to that, that, you know, you, you can't miss a tackle, you know, and I'm sure he would have put Proctor back in the game at some point, but Latham was just so, you know, everywhere that yeah. they didn't need to. And I think Proctor probably has to realize that if you're not going to make the tackle, there's a lot of, star power on this team that somebody could take your spot. And, you know, that's kind of what happened. And, uh, you know, I think Proctor will get another chance. I think he'll be fine. Um, but 
probably the Latham's the starter at that position now. And well, and that's, I mean, that's where I'm at. It's just, it seems like from what you read about him, what you witnessed, I mean, Knowles, he rides the hot hand. Like he doesn't like a ton of rotation. He wants guys to be in the flow of the game. If they're playing well, they play well. You know, if they're injured or, you know, completely exhausted, he'll get them out of there, but he wants his best players playing. So I mean, I, I agree. I think Proctor is going to get a chance, especially, you know, if you get in some blowouts or stuff when the games start getting more ugly, but Ransom didn't give that job back. I mean, he, yeah. he's like, okay, he made a mistake. So I'm going to let you, you're going to take over now. And he kept the job. So I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know how it plays out from here. Um, but also, you know, he, he seemed like he was good enough coming down to stop the run. So I'm not sure how deep that rotation really is. If everyone stays healthy, like, you know, Proctor and court Williams, I know they're like, well, court, you know, you can get him against, you know, some of those bigger teams, your Wisconsin's, your Iowa's are going to try to run all day with two tight ends, but I don't know. I don't know if ransom can't handle that from what I saw. The, I mean, the only thing I'll, I'll, Pick back kind of on that one is I think once you kind of get into the meat of the schedule, you do need court Williams to be because I mean, Latham can handle it, but you got to have a little bit of a rotation there because that is getting your, uh, your body beat up a lot. And because I mean, they're going to be playing mm-hmm. teams like that. That's you're going to be, you're going to be taking on a lot of hits. So it's not a bad thing to have a couple guys in there that can take a couple body blows too. So, and you know, Sorry. You, you, so you think what McAllister maybe gets subbed out in those games and you bring court in almost as maybe. like that hybrid linebacker. I, I would be open to that. I, I think that they could be multiple in a lot of different ways there that, you know, that you could find ways to get both court and Proctor in there to mm-hmm. get a bigger body in there. I, I mean, the crazy thing about Proctor is just that, I mean, if he makes that tackle, that's a hell of a read by a safety when you're blitzing the quarterback there. He came right down and he should have made the tackle. I mean, he had some perfectly and he just needs to wrap up on it. And yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we're all saying it's, if he makes that play, like he's supposed to, it's, we're all just complaining about that. It was a bad penalty on JT. The that was a, that was a bad penalty. uh, that, but there's nothing wrong with what Proctor does. It's just, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Accountability is accountability. And I'm glad they did it. That does that, that like, like I said, that it just seems like sometimes they, you gotta, they have to realize that that stuff's not acceptable. And I mean, I think we both have realized that's outside of Halfley, you know, <clears throat> you know, the, the tackling on the defense has at times, I mean, Chiano is okay at, different times, but it wasn't like Ash, how he taught the tackling. And it, sometimes in some games, the tackling left a lot to be desired. And, you know, outside of that, you didn't really see that, you know, that they were, they were gang tackling the whole game. And, mm-hmm. you know, so they were, you know, I, I was really improved with the tackling. So I just think that, you know, you know, that was Noel saying that, you know, that's unacceptable in this defense and, you, yeah. you know, you wrap those guys up. We've been practicing this stuff and you know, you, you had a good camp. I mean, I know a lot of people said Proctor had a good camp and so, you know, you can't, you can't just think you're going to knock somebody out. And yeah. And to go along with what you're saying there, 
I mean, you saw the tackling when those guys were coming downhill, they weren't going shoulder to shoulder with guys letting it bounce off of them. I mean, they were getting it and they were diving into their hips and going through the tackles. Like, I mean, they were yeah. just perfect tackling. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, it's all all, right, yeah, so- you're probably right. That's why he got Proctor off the field. And I'm sure Proctor would have a chance if Ransom didn't play out of his mind. Yeah, exactly. All right. Um, all right. Your players' games, uh, minimum one player. You can go a max of three. That's, uh, <laughs> I think I have s- a little rules there. I think I said my three, but you know what? I'll make it difficult on myself. I'll go one. Um, Tommy Eichenberg was my player of the game. He was all over the field. He had two sacks. Uh, I think Michael Hall's a sexy, you know, player of the game pick just because of how dominant he was. And he, I mean, that guy, if he keeps that up, because that's supposed to be a really good offensive line he went against. So yeah, he I just looks at his body types. You know, he's not like he doesn't have a belly hanging over him or anything like that. Like he just looks like a beast, man. When you got Mick, when you got Mick te- training their bodies and LJ, you know, teaching them how to be good defensive tackles. I mean, we know that from the past. When, yeah. When Mix when Mix on his full game as the as the strength trainer and they get a good coaching from LJ, how to, you know, be able to bull rush and speed rush and, you know, just be a, how to use your hands properly. It's a deadly combination. I mean, it's not the first time we've seen this on this defense alliance since, you know, Mick's been here and LJ has been here. Yeah. So that, I mean, that, but I'm going to say Tommy, even though I'm very impressed with Michael Hall, very impressed with Lathan ransom. I'm going to go Tommy Eichenberg. I'll, I'll do the hard, the hard pick and only pick one. Cause he, he really, I think he really was the general of the defense. If I had a, if I had to pick one, I think I would probably go Michael Hall, but my three are Hall, uh, Eichenberg and Latham that they were <laughs> at all three levels. They, they were just the best at all three levels and they were, and it's just hard to pick one over the other. And I, I mean, I think Michael Hall, I mean, he was just so disruptive, got a couple tackles for loss, had a sack, you know, and they ate up the uh, they ate up those blocks, and that's why a lot of those linebackers were able to run free. I mean, it was very very hard for, and I think part of that's the scheme and the coaching that they are once they see run, they are they come up fast. The mm-hmm. linebackers and the the safeties are who fills in behind them. So it's like, uh, you know, it's kind of like a battle plan when you think of an old school uh, on the battlefield where you know you have. When, when one person goes down, you have the next person behind him comes up to fill the spot. Right. And that's kind of what it was that the linebackers come hard down at the ball. And then uh, the safeties come in to fill in to make sure they're there to clean up. If the guy gets through that level. Yeah. Um. So, you know, very impressed, but that's who I would go with. All right. Offense. So we'll preface this that, uh, you know, there's a couple of things, the, yeah, a couple of concerning points, but I think they'll be fine. Obviously, I think CJ Stroud needs a little bit more time with some of these other receivers. I think that was pretty apparent yeah. during the game that when JSN did get hurt, um, he tried, you know, most of the first half to play on that leg, but um, he just couldn't do it. I mean, I have no problem right now. If CJ Stroud needs to get used to his other uh, receivers, then I, I would say I would sit JSN until Wisconsin. I mean, Arkansas state and Toledo is no reason to, um, you know, possibly injure that even worse when, uh, right. you know, he could use a good rest. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think maybe these receivers, you know, with, with Smith and Jigba out, 
I just, I don't, these aren't Olave and Wilson, you know, he's not, he's not used to these guys, but they don't play the same. I mean, this might be the type of offense where these guys are more like, and I'm Olave and Wilson had a ton of, you know, deep balls, but with, with JSN not in there, this might, these guys are more, I think just big playmakers. I think they might be guys that, you know, you not necessarily looking for like five yard, five to 10 yard intermediate rounds. They might be more big play guys that are down the fields where they're going to be the mismatch. Um, but I, I mean, I'm sure they'll be fine. You saw it late in the game. Like he talked to Marvin Harrison about a uh, like curl route that Marv was a little bit deeper than what CJ wanted him to do. He told him to take it sh- more shallow. And then he did it the next two times and he caught the ball. So yeah, it's just getting into a rhythm of these things. Um, I'm not, I'm not too concerned. I mean, they, they made plays when they needed to. I mean, looks like Stroud's arm strength or his timing is still impeccable. I mean, look at that throw to, did you actually like get to see that touchdown pass to Ibuka a couple times? I mean, if you look yeah. at that, looked like it would, it should have been intercepted by two different Notre Dame players. And he put in the, like just the perfect place. I mean, guy has still just ridiculous anticipation. Seems like his arm's stronger now. Sometimes he might've been relying on his strong arm too much. Um, still wish he would take the free yards when they give it to him. Really, really wish he would. He had some huge running lanes at different points in the game, but it does seem like he's, you know, scrambling more, keeping using his legs to go to the sideline more, keeping plays alive, but really would love to see, you know, him just make it so the defense can't turn their backs on him. Yeah. Um, no, I love that touchdown pass to Luca. That was just, a just a person. I wish he would add the same pass when, uh, on the second time yeah. to Luca that, I mean, that he definitely, he misses that one. I mean, sure. Luca should have still caught it, but he wouldn't have been a touchdown, but if he would have let him, it would have been a touchdown. And that was a perfect, you know, I mean, we, we talk about, you know, that they were a little sloppy on offense, but you think about it, that's a, that's another touchdown there. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's walking into the end zone because, you know, and Jay calls the perfect timeout there because they got them caught and trips onto the one side and basically picked all the defenders and Abuka comes across the field on a crossing route, like completely open. And, you know, Stroud just missed it. And he would have, that would have been six right there. Um, But, you know, for Stroud having an off game, I mean, you know, dude only throws 10 incomplete passes. Yeah. His sideline passes. I mean, and this was the most I've ever seen him scramble. Yeah. I would like to see him um, maybe, you know, take off and get some of those free yards too. There was that one up the middle where I forget who he tried to get into. If it was a Booker or Marv. I think that was, that was Marv. Yeah. That he should have took off and took the first down there. Um, But I loved watching him actually scramble some. And I mean, he was just nailing player after player on the sidelines. And, you know, and I mean, that's just as devastating. If you can get a first down that way, you know, I'll take that all day too. But, you know, I think some teams will try to take, try to take that away from him and come more, you know, outside on him, you know, so he'll have openings up the middle and I would like to see him take some of that stuff. Yeah, I mean, I I think he missed. I think you and I both called it out a couple of times that um, there were some. Trey Henderson was open, you know, for a couple of real big gains, 
And one of one for sure. And I can't remember on what play it was. One for sure would have been a touchdown. Like he, he was like, nobody followed him. And yeah. I, I like, so, which I mean, you can't nitpick every time, you know, there's an open guy on the field, like quarterback can't see everybody on the field. I, he goes through reads, goes through progressions. That might've been his last one. And he had found someone else. So I can't, you know, you can't fault him too much that a guy's wide open and you don't see it. Um, but I, you know, I would have loved for him to hit that one because it would have been a touchdown. Um, yeah, but I mean, I, I think he played a good game. It's just he needs to get timing with the new guys. It'll happen. I'm not, I'm not concerned. Hey, you got a perfect two opponents to get some rhythm down coming up. Uh, they're not going to pose much of a threat to do anything to you. So now's the time to you know get that stuff together, get it all figured out going into Wisconsin. So I'm, I'm, I'm totally cool with his performance. Um, I don't, I mean, we'll probably, I don't know if you want to talk about him later or not. I'm going to go ahead and jump the gun and talk about now. Xavier Johnson, man, the former walk on earned his scholarship in the off season. That guy, um, he caught two passes in a row when Ohio state needed it. He caught a touchdown pass. And then on the opening or the next kickoff, he goes and makes the tackle. Like in three great plays right in a row. So like kudos to him. You know, he fought like hell to get that scholarship and he made the most of it when his, you know, when the time was in game one. The crazy thing about him too is uh, both Alford and Hartline, both in the, in the August and press conferences, both said how valuable he could be to their things that, you know, he could fit in where the, you know, and you were thinking possibly about running back because they were down with the injury Evan Pryor, but you know, JSN goes down, he ends up coming in and that was just a nice read by him to go to take, go to the inside mm-hmm. uh, shoulder safeties came up, you know, say they held their safeties back most of the game, but you know, kudos to Stroud for, uh, you know, the one time that they really brought the safeties up when they shouldn't have brought it up and he knew he had a guy on the inside. And I mean, Xavier just went right to the middle of the field. And I mean, and good concentration by him. I mean, I know that looks like such a easy pitch and catch because he has a, but you know, you know that you're still going to get hit to the outside right. by whoever was there. But, and all you're thinking about is, I mean, kudos to him. The dude's like, my God, I'm going to get a, I'm going to get my first touchdown here or whatever. And you know, all that stuff, all that emotions and to be able to keep a concentration that, uh, you know, I, I still got to make this catch. I mean, <laughs> Right. We've seen much more uh, veteran scholarship players drop that pass before. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. So, I mean, that's when you know you have an easy six right there. Um, so, you know, yeah, that was a great job by him. Um, now, I think I want to start talking about, you know, the running game and the offensive line. Um, you know, I know there was, I actually had nothing upsetting with the, the offensive line. I thought they played. You know, it it was a typical running game when you think about it. That all those three, they had a, some nice two, three, four yard runs in the first half. Yeah, and that just that just eat, adds up. I, I think the biggest issue is still kind of like, and I don't know if Ryan Day needed to see what happened in the second half to start getting some confidence. But you know, when you got a when you're in a, you know, a two deep, uh, you know you got to run the ball and you know, you got to take what they give you and, you know, or you got to, 
you just got to take what you, they give you. And they, they, they were open to run the ball more and, you know, force the safeties up. And, you know, and I think a lot of teams based off of last year, you know, they're going to do that this year. They're going to really mm -hmm. like, all right, we're not going to let Stroud kill us. And so you got two playmakers back there at your running back and you've got a mean offensive line from what we saw in the second half, you know, use them. Right. Yeah, no, I had no issues with the offensive line and even on the, you know, pass blocking side of it. I mean, I not I'm I, I said in the prediction show, you know, the the pregame that Isaiah Foskey kind of, you know, kind of scared me. And I, I made the joke of maybe we would see Orlando Pace uh Simeon Rice part two, though, with Paris Johnson Jr. And kind of like that. I mean he, yeah, he really neutralized him like that was a very impressive showing Donovan Jackson. I think he missed a blitz pickup early on because um, I think that first series, I think he was the reason Stroud got sacked. But then he had a hell, you know, he, he looked good in the run game. Yeah, I would think the only, in the interior the guys, he was definitely I think he was the best in the run game. Yeah, I mean, the only issue I have with the offensive line right now is just that. You know, some of Dewan's, you know, f ups when oh. it comes to you know the off start, the false starts and stuff like that. But you know, outside of that, they had a clean game. I don't think they had. Did they have any holding calls? Like you know, I know they had a few mm. false starts, but like you know, I don't. I don't remember I, any holds. Like there was one hold. I literally just watched it before. It wasn't a hold before we uh, got on here. <clears throat> that probably would have been a hold last year. Foskey actually beats uh, Paris Johnson. I forget who put up. It was either Ross Fulton. It was one of those guys that do a lot of like breakdowns and stuff like that. I don't think it was Ross, but I think it was somebody like him. Yeah. Um, that literally Foskey beat Paris Johnson, but Paris, instead of like holding him, literally had like the most perfect footwork. He actually gets beat off on a speed rush and was able to back up with his foot and actually still cut him off yeah. before he got the Stroud. And like, that was, you don't see that every day. And you know, somebody like that, usually if they get by, you got to hold them because you know, they're going to get to the quarterback, but yeah, it was just unbelievable footwork. And, you know, and just the ability to the mental, you know, speed in his head to be able to make that, you know, to get his feet back into place to where he could cut him off again. And it was, it was very, very impressive. I think I shared it. But if not, I would probably have to hunt it down and try to share it. But it, I mean, it was really good. Um, so no, I had no issues with the the offensive line. And you know, we saw in the second half, uh, you know, <coughs> starting really in the third quarter, their second and third series in the third quarter, they really started running it more, and they were looking, you know, really, really good at starting to take up, uh, you know, different chunks of yards here and there, and that really set up the fourth quarter nicely. Yeah, I just. <laughs> I'm not ready to sound any alarms yet on Dewan because he offers you so much. I mean, he is so athletic for a man of his size. He does. I mean, he's a mauler in the run game. He's hard to get. I mean, he is hard to get around. I know he's not always the best against speed rushes, but I get a little concerned with the, like, the two or three times that they try to run tempo. And I think they did it because he didn't want plays reviewed. Cause they, they were after they were always after a borderline call, you know, but the yeah. two or three times that they run tempo and he false starts on all of them. Like that, that was kind of concerning yeah, just, to me. 
Yeah, I just don't, I don't know if he's not because they they go so a couple of them we didn't even see because they're moving so fast and the ESPN camera games left a lot to be desired this weekend. I don't know how the hell that's your top crew and like, yeah. they were really slow on some camera stuff this weekend. But uh, you know that's a different. I guess that's probably a different show. Uh, like uh, that, you know. Yeah, I don't know if it's that uh, he's just not getting into his stance fast enough. Because I mean, he's a bigger guy, you know. Yeah, uh, you know, maybe, maybe takes him a little longer to get moving. I don't know. And it's just not getting down in his stance. But, you know, but first game again, I was happy. Like last year, there was a lot of false start issues. Uh, they killed themselves. So they get a good, like, good first down or whatever. And then false start in the next one, take it back five yards, or they get a good first down and then hold. Yeah. So I was happy that the holding that they, I mean, I'll, Obviously, there's holding everywhere, but I mean, they had some really bad holding calls last year where they were definitely blatantly holding. And, you know, I just didn't see that. They were very clean and that type of stuff. So I was happy to see that, that at least, uh, you know, I showed that. And, you know, they showed the toughness. I mean, I was very, and they, I mean, when they opened up that hole, uh, you know, and I know that, you know, uh, Mayan had a, uh, still bulldoze one lineman over to, uh, you know, get the ball across, but you know, they did very good. They were opening up holes in that second half mm-hmm. and opening up big plays. And, you know, they, uh, they looked very, very good. Um, I mean, my end looked great in this game. Uh, so I think we'll move there next. Okay. Uh, I mean, just your thoughts between my end and try I mean, they were, First of all, I know, I mean, I did see it, you know, I mean, I, we even talked about it a little bit at the game, you know, should Mayan be more of the starter because, you know, he's just, he brings something a little different, but they're basically even when, you know, when oh, you yeah. look at the final stats for the game. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a weird discussion because I still think, I don't know, like you made the call, like you, you pointed out that like, Trey, they don't always run that stuff like, you know, behind the like up the guards back or anything like that, that they run a lot of stretch plays with them and mine. It's like they they call the game differently for him. And Trey's not Trey's not some little weak man, you know, like, no, that that series with Mayan that he finished, Trey started it off by running someone over. And I don't know if you remember that or not, but like he runs hard like and he in the yeah. the series after Maya scored, Trey started that off by running someone over. So he can yeah. do that stuff. And um, I mean, I think upside, you know, ceiling talent. I just, Trey has to be your starter. He has to be your bell cow, but what a perfect compliment Mayan is and or supplement. Yeah. I don't even know if you want to call that a compliment or not. Like, I mean, cause I think they run very similar. Trey, I think is a lot faster, but Mayan just mine finds holes and he just mine is the hardest Ohio state running back. I remember though. And that goes all the, hey. that goes all the way back to Eddie George. He runs harder than anyone I've seen. He keeps his legs moving on anything. He's like watching Marshawn Lynch run. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think he's definitely uh, I mean, the kid's a bulldozer. I mean, there's no other way to put it. Um, <clears throat> I, I mean, I just, the one thing that really frustrates me about the coaching staff is that they really do call a lot more stretch runs for Trey. And, you know, that's fine because you want to get him onto the outside, 
but he's not a speed back and a power back combo. I mean, you can have two power back combos. Mm -hmm. And I think he like, I mean, he's a guy that's very powerful and he, you know, he's a big dude too. He might not be, you know, able to keep those legs turning like, um, Mayan necessarily can, but the dude can run in between tackles and I wish they would just do it more with him because let him get his head of steam because, you know, if you get the right block on him with a head of steam, you know, he pierces the line of scrimmage clean and, you know, breaks a tackle on a linebacker and makes somebody miss. He's gone. And you're like, you know, I just want to, I think he can do that. And, you know, but the one thing I was very, very impressed with him and I know he did it for sure once, it might've been twice, you know, he had that one where, you know, he was kind of plugged up in the middle and then he was able to work himself back out. You know, Stroud got out there, blo- we block him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. You know, he saw, he saw the vision to get out of that and uh, saw where his opening was the outside. And, you know, that was not a lot of stuff he showed this year, but, or last year, but I mean, he was a one tackle away from taking that to the house. Yeah. And yeah. So, I mean, I think we're going to see that this year, probably a few times where they think they have him bottled up and he just sees an opening to an outside and then he's gone because, uh, you know, he gets loose. Oh yeah. I was very impressed with that too. How he cut back against the offensive line when things were bottled up because last year, I mean, there were times that he would get bottled up and he thought he could just like run through it and he just run up the back of an offensive lineman and get tackled. And this time around, you know, he was like, Hey, let me go back. You know, let me cut back against the offensive line. And there is a lot there for him to pick up. Yeah. So yeah, I was very impressed with that as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would just like to see maybe, you know, I think this is the biggest thing and maybe Dave just needed a little confidence that he needed to see it from his offensive line. But you know, the two biggest question marks, you know, or the biggest question mark is, you know, the toughness of the team. And the second biggest question mark was, you know, the defense would get the defense perform, and we saw the defense they performed and the offensive line, that toughness, they were tough in both trenches where necessarily they weren't last year. And they got, uh, I mean, they won that game. They rode the, the defensive, you know, the, how good the defense was playing. And then they rode the running game in the second half. And, uh, you know, I think that was maybe day needed to see that. And now he's going to be more comfortable. I just hope he, you got some really great backs and you got a, unbelievable offensive line. And I know Stroud's the, you know, could be the presumptive Heisman favorite, but if you're going to, if teams are sitting back on him and too deep, you know, force them to bring those safeties up and that's just going to help him this, you know, cause eventually they're going to have to, you know, you're not going to, teams aren't going to let Ohio state run for 400 yards on them. And, yeah. you know, if you just saw and Ohio state could run for 400 yards on good teams. Like they have the capabilities to do it. So uh, their teams are just going to let them do that, but you know, force them to bring those safeties up and then let's trout start picking them apart. Right. And uh, you know, uh, that's just how I would play this right now. Or if they do let you run for 400 yards, you're going to beat them. So I mean, it's, you know, yeah. I, I think it was kind of going again, what you're saying. Um, it was very important to win in this manner because your defense looked really, really good, and you want it on the back of, you know, your run game on offense, which 
that's you know you heard um michigan going into last year and i heard notre dame fans saying it this year that the goal was make this a possession game going into the fourth quarter where you know you have the the ball and you're just going to bleed the clock and beat ohio state that they're not going to be able to stop your run and you're going to just pretty much shove it down their throat and end the game because they're not tough enough to do it tough enough to stop it. And that's the manner of which Ohio state won this game. So I think it was very important to be able to shove that right back into, you know, all the critics faces. Um, And like you said, I mean, if it's available, your run game is good enough to dominate and you got, I mean, you have a great run, you know, run blocking offensive line. At least it looked like that against Notre Dame who, hand to God, you know, I was very impressed with their defense. Notre Dame's, yeah, Notre Dame's defense, defense. Where, where I was very underwhelmed by their offense, their defense definitely uh, impressed me. They were a lot better than I thought they would be, even though I, I knew, I mean, I said the stats on the pre show, but I, I knew they had a ton of um, production coming back on defense, but I didn't think that they were going to hold up as well as they did. And they impressed me. Yeah. No, I agree with that. All right, let's hit uh, our offensive players of the games. Unless you wanna, you have anything else you want to touch on the offense? No. Um, my my two, I got two. Um, Mayan Williams. Even though, I mean, like you said, Henderson and him, they were almost identical. Mayan had the touchdown. Uh, they were both at six or I think six and 6.1 yards per carry. So very similar type of production, which I said, you know, you needed five yards per carry. Um, but mine just like Trey got tired, whatever came out in that, you know, the fourth quarter drive and mine's number got called and he made the most of it, man. He was running over people made a friggin' phenomenal catch on the sideline. I don't know how he kept his feet in bounds for that. And just, he, he showed up when he needed to as a backup running back. That, Sometimes that, you know, isn't the easiest thing to do. And he took that drive over, even though Mayan started it, or I mean, Jerry started, it, did very well, but he took over on that. So I am very impressed with him. And then the yeah. other one, um, I kind of touched on him is just Paris Johnson. You know, I don't think he was perfect by any stretch, um, but really, 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 really good. So I don't want to make it sound like he didn't do well. Uh, he neutralized their best defensive player. So I got to give him, you know, he's the second one. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, the same two. Um, I thought my end, uh, when we really just needed the, I mean, when we needed that just that just mean and toughness, the kid runs mean, he runs tough, and he just, you know, something like that, and that inspires your offensive lineman to do the same thing, and it's both ways, and it's like you're, you try to out, you know, compete each other. Who's the meanest one out there. And that's kind of what you get. I kind of remember that, you know, that's kind of how, you know, that game. And that's that just that fourth quarter running him down the field. I mean, that kind of, that kind of felt like, you know, one of those fourth quarters back in like Oh seven or whatever, mm-hmm. or in 2012 when, uh, you know, beanie and seven, you know, and seven when he just took over the game. And then you think about some of those, uh, Braxton Miller, Carlos Hyde, uh, just like yeah, that you know, a second half of the game because they had a couple of close games in 2012 where it was just like they literally ran the ball the whole second half and this like no one could stop them and they were just running people over and making people miss and they were just such a tandem together and you know that's just kind of that you know that's kind of what I felt like with mine he was just a 
he was a big, uh, just a big bulldozer and uh, Paris Johnson. I'm going with, I thought he played really good and, you know, he keeps that season up. You know, I know you got two really good quarterbacks coming out this draft, but you know, most likely coming out, but he keeps that up. You know, he's definitely the first offensive lineman off the board in oh, my yeah. opinion of the draft. I mean, he was very impressive. That's, he's just going to keep putting film on that, you know, against, you know, he's going to take on these best, these top defense alignment and, you know, he'll play a couple other good defensive events this year, but they, he looked very, very, very good against Foskey. Um, mm-hmm. and just a third one to throw out there, you know, you know, he, he was a little slower than you thought, but at the end of the day, he still only threw 10 incompletions had a pretty good computer quarterback rating of 145. I think CJ Stroud put a really good game together yeah. and, you know, he was, he might, he could have been a little bit more accurate down the field, but he was deadly on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I was pretty impressed with that. And so, you know, I, I liked how he played and after his number one target goes down, he maybe took him a couple series to kind of get going again with some of the other guys. But in the second half, there wasn't that many balls that touched the ground and he threw for some nice first downs and they all got in the mix. You know, Marv was in there. Abuka got in there. Ballard got in there. Kate Stover had some nice catches, obviously Xavier Johnson. So, you know, I was very, very impressed with uh, how, you know, CJ got himself together and he looked really good in the second half. Agreed. All righty. Anything else you want to hit before we get off real, real quick? I, Cause I, I don't want to spend too much time on this. Um, what are your thoughts about Ohio state? Not, not pressing or not challenging calls more than what they did. I mean, I three stand out to me. There was a pass that, you know, seemed like it was not a completion in the third quarter. That was a big pass. That was a big one to me. Um, what else? I mean, I there was like the Mayan Williams catch that it seemed like that was a roughing the passer that they didn't. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I mean, that's on the refs too. They should have been able to get that. I mean, they would have called it on Ohio state. Can um, and then can five, Ohio, can Ohio state challenge that? Uh, no, you know? I think, but it seemed like day. I don't know. Day was too busy. I think rushing to snap the ball that, you yeah. know, he, they weren't complaining about it, which I mean, it, it seemed like it was, um, and then finally the hit on Jackson Smith and Jigba, which I don't know, maybe you and I have a different understanding of that because we both said that that wasn't targeting because he wasn't a defenseless receiver. He's running. Uh, I, and I know a lot of Buckeye. I think I said that was defense that he was, it's a hit above the neck and shoulders targeting the way I understand it. I know they tweaked it some this year. So if you are, a defenseless receive a defenseless player. You cannot hit above the neck or shoulders. If you're not defenseless, you can't hit somebody with the crown of your head to the, or, and now it's the top of your head. They, that's what they changed it to. Um, you can't hit somebody with the crown of your head. Mm-hmm. That's the player safety. Jay, he was a five yard pass and he ran for another five or six yards. And so he's not defenseless at that point. So the whole above the neck and shoulders is not a targeting. Anymore. Right. Cause he was and hit with, it was the arm or shoulder, whatever it was. It wasn't the crown of the yeah, helmet. It wasn't, it wasn't anything with the helmet. It was a, I mean, yeah, he hit him high. If he hit him high, right. When he made the catch, that would have been a defenseless receiver and they should call targeting, but you know, it wasn't, it was an unfortunate thing. Um, but, under their rules and you know we've talked plenty of times about you know just how 
BS targeting is as a rule that they need to do a lot more tweaks to it. Um, but either they're ruling how they, they, the, how the rule is wrote that, that that's not targeting. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's still how I, you know, how I understand it too. I just, I saw a lot of people on Twitter, like, why wasn't that reviewed? Why wasn't that targeting? I'm like, man, I thought that was, you know, as much as it sucked, like, I don't, I mean, he wasn't defenseless. I think Buckeye fans, I mean, we all get frustrated with it because we've seen a couple of our guys kicked out before. I mean, and we've had some bullshit targetings that shouldn't have been called and some that should have that, you know, still hurt that the guys got kicked out of the game. Um, you know, I mean, by the letter of the rules, unless something changed in the ruling this year, I know they changed the crown of the head to the top of the head, but unless something else changed that, you know, mm the way I understood it, that's a defenseless receiver. Um, so I, there's nothing, I mean, I didn't, I, I was, I was upset. He got injured, but like, I didn't see anything to get mad about on the defensive player on that, that I didn't think it was, I didn't think it was a miss by the refs and I didn't think it was anything blatantly bad on the defensive player. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. All right. So we're good to go. So thank you everyone for stopping out tonight to the Buckeye bar. I'm John and I'm Mike. Oh, H I O.